0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, La Land. Lawson! Lawson, uh, what are you thankful for this morning? Um,
1: stuff. Stuff?
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'll just... tell you what I'm thankful for. Oh, what are you, you be for? thankful for? thankful for the same thing. The N. digital dropped last oh, night. yeah, of course. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was. Justin was out there doing his thing. Mm -hmm. All of the regulars were back in, putting their comments in on YouTube and whatnot. I do the YouTube. Other people do the uh, Facebook and Mm -hmm. whatnot. I'm more of a Facebook guy because I'm a a, a top fan on Facebook. So, Uh, you know, I've got the
1: badge. So, Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, it was I was was fantastic, you know, Justin was there He was talking about, you know, wars and rumors of wars as a sign of the of the times, a sign that mm. Jesus is coming back soon, obviously looking at the, you know, the context of the war that's taking place in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um and also uh looking at of course the original war, the great conflict controversy between Christ and Satan. Yeah. Amen. And how that wall was fought. So it was it was exciting. Back on again this evening. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, so what time can everyone catch that? Eight o'clock this evening.
1: Oh, guys, get in eight o'clock this evening. The, the reason I wasn't so hype about stuff is that I woke up and I walked out the door and it was raining. And that made me sad. Sad. But, sitting here very sad. but now we're sitting inside Like speaking on radio So we I can mean, be you happy you can watch
0: the NDOR Digital When it's raining That's right It's, it's a great thing to do On a rainy evening And you can listen to us Right now As it's raining Absolutely Guilt free
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast On Faith FM Positively Different
0: It's the breakfast show here on Faith FM. We're about to talk about positively different news to get our Thursday morning started. Before we do, we have a 100-point question for our quiz. Lawson, go for it. For 100 points, God promised
1: the Israelites a land flowing with milk and blank. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. If you know what that blank is, you can win yourself a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker, or you can get your points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. If you answer every single question correctly, you can win every single prize, which is like different from answering. If you answer you can like take the show bag, if home. you answer like four questions correctly, you. You can take the prize of one of those questions that you answer correctly. But if you answer every single question correctly, then you win all the prizes. So give us a call, 0491 064 God promised the Israelites a land flowing with milk and blank.
0: What is the answer? Give us a call right now. Lawson, let's talk about positively different news.
1: Positively different news? Oh, I didn't really get to... So I'll try to be like melodramatic in my grateful section. And yes. really lame. Um, but something that Lawson I Lawson was just
0: sitting here all sad, like...
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> something that I'm actually grateful for and is fantastic news for myself uh, and also for my church is that we finally have a pastor. Like, at our church, we didn't have a pastor for, like, three months or something. and it was, So,
0: you were the pastor while there was no pastor? Oh, uh,
1: Pastor Lawson was was stepping up. Well, it was basically, like, the leadership of our church, which yes. includes myself, um, was just... Doing our best to run the church. Uh, and then... Yeah, now we have a, uh, a pastor. We interviewed him on radio. His name is Ernst. And last night, uh, myself and Hannah, my co-worker, who we, you know, we worked together, um, for the church and then Nah, who's one of our leaders, we went over to Ernst's place and we had dinner and we discussed life and talked about things in the church. And, you know, and then like as we're leadership, we brought up, you know, different goals and different, you know, obstacles and issues and different things. And Ernst is kind of there, like, all right, you know, giving us advice and, and it was just like, we got to the end, it was like, praise the Lord we have a
0: pastor. <laughs> oh, you've got a great pastor over there. Oh, He's fantastic. He
1: is fantastic. And it was just... Top guy. It was just this experience of, I think, like, we were really needing the leadership. You know, there's just different things that come up in when you're running a church that can very much uh, discourage you, get in the way of the ministry, like o- obstacles especially. It's like, you know, whether it's a, you know it's things or people or whatever it may be, uh, it's tough. But finally, we have a pastor, and it's just great because he's older than us, he's wiser than us, he has experience, and he's just been able to really direct us in a good path. And it's like, praise the Lord.
0: Absolutely. And of course, we had Ernst here on the radio sharing his journey of faith. What a dramatic testimony he mm. shared with us. Uh, some time ago and uh, there was like I think maybe what three or four weeks ago something like that yeah. was in here and now he's your pastor and I just want to say anyone who wants to head over to anyone who's in the Newcastle, Hunter Are you whatever, a Newcastle Uni Central student Coast? or like
1: hanging out with young adults?
0: Yeah Come and hang there. out with us <laughs> Head over there You don't have to be a, you don't have to be a young, young adult to go to this church right? Yeah
1: that's why I said it, it, would you like to hang out with young adults because we're majority young adults yes. so if you'd like to be in a young adult context whether you're who's a young your, adult your or not. oldest
0: person? Um, well,
1: I don't want to say their name because I don't want to no, make no. them feel bad. I,
0: I <laughs> not right. let, me re, let me rephrase <laughs> that question. How old is your oldest person? Okay,
1: so at our last meeting, I think the oldest person at our last church service was like 35, 36.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so if you're in your 70s, these guys really need some older we people. We need over. you. We, we they, they need you over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every church needs to have a broad spectrum of society to be healthy. You just yeah, can't be a healthy right. church without having a um, cross-cultural, cross-age gap, cross-generational ministry. And so, yeah, they need some, they need some yeah, help. Yeah, we're young learn. and dumb. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> Please, come. We I need di- you. I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say that. I thought that. I decided not to say it. Lawson said oh, I get that I did no, I didn't All right. My mind is too pure. I didn't even enter my <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: I was about to say I was about to say the words I was about to say the words that I've been told not to say um, and yeah you know I don't I don't swear on radio but I've been specifically you told don't
0: swear off radio either.
1: I don't swear off radio either I don't swear that's a, actually praise the Lord for that that is actually a testimony because I used to swear like crazy but when I became a Christian God changed my heart and He changed my mouth as well praise but God. I often tell Lyle to shut up and I've been told that I'm not allowed to do anymore. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
0: i like it when you tell me to shut up it means that i've said something good (laughs) now i want to say it again
1: (laughs) Um, all right let's have some more positively positively different news okay is there like particular situations you know time pressure situations that make you anxious yes you know when you you got to rush out the door to do something yes dude you know one of the most like anxious like feelings I have, like one of the most anxious experience for me is catching a plane, like getting to the airport on time. I love being on the plane. Being on the plane is like awesome because you just have to do nothing and sit around. But getting to the airport is probably the most freaky thing ever, but especially the context where stay, say you're staying in a city, you're down in Melbourne and and you're you're in Melbourne and you're in a hotel. And then it's like, okay, I got to go to the airport from this hotel. I don't have a hire car. I've got to catch a shuttle. Dude, the amount of times the shuttle has been late for me, and it's just like freaked me out. Like, I'm like, um, it
0: is the worst. It is
1: the worst feeling ever. I'm like, I'm going to miss my flight because this shuttle is late. Um, and obviously, like, why a shuttle's late, it's, you know, the human error. Like, someone someone did something wrong, someone was late.
0: Human factor kicked in. The
1: human factor key kicked in and, and errors were made. Well, in Birmingham in the United Kingdom, they're now doing a six-week trial of um, driverless airplane, like airport shut, uh, shuttles. Driverless airport shuttles. So, electric driverless buses that take you to and from the airport. Hmm. And and this, I feel like, could be the step to alleviating my anxiety in this in this space.
0: I, I think I think it won't be solved until they have driverless airport shuttle drones, like flying. Because there's not as many vehicles in the air as there is on the ground, and your driverless airport shuttles on the ground can still be affected by the human factor of other humans doing stupid things in front of them. Yes, but, but, um, whereas drones are less likely to have, you know, are more likely to be able to work their way around yeah, obstacles. that's true. That's true. And or, infinitely more fun. Oh, yeah.
1: But this is, but then you get into like the whole flying car debate and it's like, oh, why don't we have flying cars? We have the capability to have flying cars because it's super dangerous to have flying cars because like, but then if it's a drone, then it's not driven by people. It's driven by robots. Just,
0: So then, there's no accidents. Your 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 alarm clock wakes up, wakes you up in the in in the morning. You catch the lift to the roof rather than the lobby. step out onto the roof. step into
1: step into your drone. We have solved everything. Yeah, that's the ultimate. That is that's the ultimate experience right there. The future, right? That is how I want to be transported. Yes, from from now until. And, until the until end of you time. no longer need a drone, to and, be able to do the same thing. That's right. Yes, I am. Oh, okay, Lyle. My story was dumb. You know, United no, Kingdom. I'm just, I'm just upping it a little bit. United Kingdom, they're, they're get on taking, our level, okay? Taking, England, taking, England taking Birmingham, a step in the right direction. Birmingham, get on our level, all right? We're just putting <laughs> their toe in the water. <laughs> that's right. But they'll, they'll soon be flying drones into the airport yes. <laughs> to fly people out of the airport. Um, in other oh, good news. This is a really interesting story that I read this morning. Um, that. Basically, uh, people have come up, and this is you know uh, develop- things that have been developing over you know in numerous ways over uh, a period of time. Um, but there has you know MIT has created a new form of renewable plastic, so it's made out of trees um, that is harder than bone.
0: Okay, that's so, cool. So it's super hard, um, but because basically it's made out of like fibers of cellulose. Okay, so it's it's renewable, but does it break down, or does it just turn into microplastics?
1: No, well, it's not. It's not made out of fossil fuel or microplastics or anything like that. It's like no hydrocarbons. So it's made out of cellulose. Yes, which cellulose is like one of the most um uh, like abundant and like strong natural polymers yes. so it just like pulls things together uh and they've been like testing it and making different like sizes of you know like a coin size and then like a tooth size and then you know different sizes of this polymer and they've found like yes it is completely renewable it comes from trees you know so you chop a tree down you extract the cellulose and you turn it into this hard plastic um and it's super strong and it breaks down that's fantastic, and it's reusable.
0: You're listening to the Breakfast Show
1: podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: Here on Faith FM, it's time for our 200 point question. All right, for 200 points,
1: man, these are all these are all blank questions right here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they blank. If you know the the answer, 0491 064 669 is the number to call. If you answer that question correctly, you can win yourself a 200 points an issue of Signs Magazine, or you can get your points on the board, continue to work your way through the quiz, answer every question correctly, win every single prize. Uh, But again, that question was, blessed are the pure in heart for they blank. 0491 064 669.
0: All right, so let's talk about some uh, serious news this morning. And this is actually a positive news story, uh, but I thought I would include it right here. And it's about the revival of dumb dumb phones. Is this positive? (laughs) Yes, Lawson. When are you going to get with the the trend and buy yourself a dumb phone? The sale of dumb phones is up by 89%. You know what? They sold 1 billion units of dumb phones last year. The average age of people buying dumb phones is between 25 and 35.
1: You know what that shows?
0: Lawson is is sitting here looking puzzled. So, so. one in ten users in the UK now use a dumb phone. These are good stats. This is very. You say that dumb phones are for dumb people. No, dumb phones are for smart people. And so we're looking at some of the uh, reasons behind it. And, you know, some of the things uh, are things like fashion and nostalgia. Um, TikTok has become a major driving force of dumb phones because people have been doing videos on TikTok using a smartphone. But they've used a smartphone to film themselves using a dumb phone. And so dumb phones have taken off as being fashionable. So there you go, Lawson. You are you are just not cool anymore. I don't I, when you have don't I, qualify. When have
1: I ever cared about being cool? I wear like triple XL t shirts and I'm like hundred and
0: seventy two centimeter tall. Like okay, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not a stylish cool person. What they're finding is that when people flick over to people, are, people are flicking over to dumb phones just because of the you know the cool factor and you know they're on TikTok and that's so funny. You know it's kind of trending. But then they have now. two phones, Lyle, and they're paying for no, two. I'm not finished yet. I have not finished this story yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then what is happening is they're staying with it. They're actually getting rid of their smartphones because of the increase in health, the increase in privacy, and above all, the increase in time. They have so much extra time in the day, and they're getting so much more done, and their lives are becoming so much more again. And so people are just sort of getting rid of their smartphones and keeping their, you know, uh, Nokia uh, uh, 3310 3310s 30, 30, yeah. yeah. which, you know, the, where the battery lasts for like a month yeah. between charges <laughs> and you can kick it down the gutter while it's raining and it's still working. So oh, where's your dumb phone? Yeah, it's in a drawer at home. I should go and charge it up and see how it goes again. Um, so this is oh and by the way about um, you you, um, you know you ask about how many how many people then have two phones well in some situations looking at a company in New York, they've noted that yes, a lot of people who buy a dumb phone have two phones, but fifty percent of their customers have moved over to only one phone and that being the dumb phone. So they sort of start off with two phones, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, because humans humans adapt. Humans are the most adaptable creatures on the planet, and mm-hmm. we adapt to our new, you know, the new normal. And once we adapt, it's not so hard. And so we just live a new life. Mm. And so uh, Light Phone, they're doing relatively smart dumb phones because these ones have uh, have Bluetooth, so you can listen to music on them with your through your headset. Uh, but they pledge their pledge is. In their advertising, that they will never, ever, ever have social media, clickbait news, email, any kind of browser, or any anxiety-inducing feed. That's their that's their sales pitch. That's okay. their marketing. Okay. okay. So this 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 good. That's fantastic marketing right there.
1: How can you scan QR codes with dumb phones though? How can you do like COVID check-ins and stuff?
0: I don't know. <laughs> You carry a piece of paper and say, "Hey, this is who I am." Anyway, um they th- this particular company, their sales are up over one hundred and fifty percent in twenty twenty as or, sorry in twenty twenty one over twenty twenty, Uh and that is primarily in the uh, twenty five to thirty five age bracket. Mm. So maybe you're a bit too young for a dumb phone yet. No, well, okay,
1: I would get a dumb phone. Like it actually sounds cool if it could. It, so this is what it would need to do and need to be able to have my card on it like because I pay for everything on my phone now yes. It would need to be able to have my service New South Wales app because they don't even carry my wallet anymore.
0: You would have to go back to a wallet if you were going to use a dumb phone. That's
1: right, but I don't want to. So I'd have to have service New South Wales. I'd have to. I'd have to be able to pay for things. and I'd have to have like WhatsApp oh, and Facebook I'm just Messenger. For your loss. If I if I had messenger apps,
0: things money, and without.
1: identification, like literally human necessities, then I would be <laughs> fine. I would be able to do it. But those three things uh, keep me on the smartphone.
0: right? Oh, well, be quiet. People people used wallets for like the last 4,000 years. Yeah, well, but I'm spoiled, okay?
1: And I've become accustomed to the walletless life
0: because it's good. It's awesome. Listen to the snowflake. (laughs) 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 What does that even mean? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so primarily this particular company, Light Phone in New York, was noticing that, uh, that most of their customers were coming in to buy a dumb phones so that they could take a break. So when they went on holiday, they would take a dumb phone so that they could stay in contact, but they wanted to be disconnected while they were on holiday. And so they would buy a dumb phone and then fifty percent of them would switch over to only a dumb phone. That's it. And uh, the leader of the company points out that if aliens ever arrived in this world, they would probably mark phones down as being the superior beings because they control humans.
1: Dude, if I actually I would switch to a dumb phone if I could get a Motorola razor. Like a flip phone? Yes. If I could have a flip phone. Flip phone's oh, are pretty cool. Dude, I would I would switch.
0: All right, all right. That's that's cool. Okay, and of course we've know we know and we've known for a very long time that too much choice creates unhappiness and stress. So I just like to speak to the parents out there right now. That this is a fantastic opportunity for to swap your child over to a dumb phone, which is so much safer for children. Children should never have a smartphone because a smartphone gives them unlimited access to the worst evils that this world can produce. Mm-hmm. And we have so much documented evidence as, as to how incredibly unhealthy it is for a child to have a smartphone and to have a screen, you know, that they have access to outside of the living room. Just be parents. Take the smartphone away. Give them a dumb phone. Your children will adapt. They will do just fine on a dumb phone. We all did fine on a dumb phone back in the day. We all did fine before we had phones. But anyway, uh, I did say that I'd talk about this story about furries. Um, And this is breaking out in a prestigious Brisbane school where there's a bunch of teen girls that have become furries. Now, you might wonder what a furry is. A furry is... Um, somebody who is not transgender but transhuman. Mm-hmm. And so these girls have decided that they are cats. Uh, so this is not dress up. This is not where you you know wear a cat costume. This is where you actually think you're a cat and you act like a cat. Um, it's a form of escapism mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that transgenderism has become a form of escapism. And before that, of course, you had anorexia and bulimia, were problems that you know girls in this age bracket would typically fall into. Well, this is the this is the latest one, and psychologists have recognised this one as a real challenge and a fraught area. And here's the problem: what are you going to do with this? Mm. Because if you just say, "Look, this is just this is just a form of escapism; it's not real," then how does that not apply to transgenderism?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you accept that furries are not real, and that this is a form of mental illness, because their biology doesn't match what their brain says. Then how do you not apply that to transgenderism? But it's very clear that furries are not a thing. You know, I mean, there's uh, you know th- th- these these girls complain about people standing on their tail and all kinds of you know crazy stuff that we all look at and shake our heads and say, okay, this there's there's a problem here, and you know these girls need some treatment. They need to they need to speak to somebody about this because you know, we, we need to, as human beings, we are supposed to care for others who are mm. in trouble. But the moment you provide care for them, the same principles applies to transge- transgenderism. Mm. And so, yeah, what are, what are they going to do with this one? Um, they, cannot, they cannot admit that this is a mental illness. Mm. Um, this, of course, is all while the Supreme Court nominee, we talked about the Supreme Court yesterday being the most powerful legal body in the United States, Katanji Brown, was unable to define the word woman. Uh, this was an exchange with uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, um, in which she, she uh, just simply asked, can you define the word woman? And she says, no, I'm unable to do so. And no, I can't. I'm not a biologist. So since when you do need a biology degree to be able to define what a woman is. And so then Senator Kennedy asked her, when does life begin? Ooh. And she says, I don't know. He says, do you have an opinion? And she says, I don't know. And so, you know, here you've got a situation where, you know, this woman is set to become one of the most powerful people in the free world and is unable to define what a woman is, whereas the average two year old can define what a woman is and tell you what a woman is. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a difficult thing. This is not a hard question, but suddenly it's become way too hard in the crazy world in which we live today where we have we have backed ourselves into a corner by trying to be accepting of everything rather than providing sympathy and treatment we provide acceptance of just whatever goes our world is so messed up You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM positively different It's The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and Lawson's going to bring us the 300-point question for the quiz. Is this a blank one again?
1: No, it's not, actually. We've got a bit of a change of pace here. It says, in the parable of the tenants, what did the tenants do to the vineyard's owner's son? I thought, I was like, tenants? Is it called the parable of the tenants, usually? Isn't it called the parable of the vineyard? Well, there's there's multiple parables on the vineyards, but I guess, I guess, no, this makes more sense. So in the parable of the tenants, what did the tenants do to the vineyard owner's son? 0491 064 669 is the number to call. For 300 points, you can win yourself a pocket sermon or you get those points on the board, win every single prize. But again, that question was just to make it absolutely clear in the parable of the tenants, there's some tenants, mm-hmm. they're in a vineyard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do they do to the vineyard owner's son?
0: Okay, if you know the answer, number to call is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. But joining us on the phone right now for interview of the day is Barund Neustraten. Barund, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lyle. And of course, Barund, you're our resident expert on the book of Genesis. We've been working our way through the book of Genesis. We're up to Genesis chapter thirty-three. Last time we spoke, we talked about Jacob wrestling with God. Of course, he's going to meet his brother Esau. And here we actually have the meeting take place. Esau has come out with, you know, 400 warriors uh, against, you know, uh, Jacob's family, which is really just, you know, they're, they're shepherds and herders and, mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, what kind of a what kind of a meeting are we going to expect and what kind of meeting do we end up having?
2: Well, him bringing the 400 men, which are not exactly quiet boys, you would expect a rather violent encounter and... It would have been perhaps on his mind because the animosity and the resentment of having uh, being dispossessed of the birthright never set well with Isol. Also, um, he would have considered the inheritance of of the uh, uh, father Isaac to be totally his. And uh, it, it there is a there is a statement in the book Patriarchs and Prophets you and I are so familiar with that he makes a, a, a comment that while uh, Jacob had his fight with the angel that was actually the person of, of, of the second member of the Godhead, there is, a, uh, there is a, uh, an angel also sent uh, to Esau who, she reports, in a dream, uh, beheld his brother that he hadn't seen for 20 years. And, um, and he witnessed the, the grief, of, obviously, that uh, Jacob would experience, finding that his mother had, Rebecca had passed on. And he saw him also surrounded by the host of angels, which was a reference in the preceding chapter, verse 2. You know, Manahai means two camps, one before the troops and one behind. He had God's protection. And Esau passed it on, she said, to his soldiers. Not to harm him, so the initial intent from leaving where he dwelt, coming to meet Jacob, was not a good one.
0: Okay, but so it could, but it changes. It changes here, and what we find is that it, I find it fascinating that when the intent changes, and, and rather than just you know falling on Jacob's you know company and slaughtering them yeah. where they stand. When Esau actually sees Jacob, his heart is completely changed. I mean, you've got Jacob, he goes out there. And the Bible says that he bows himself to the ground seven times as he comes near to where his brother is. Um, It's
2: interesting, yeah. That is is just fascinating, isn't it? Uh, uh, I would not do that for my brother, I can tell you. um, (laughs) No, I don't think we would. (laughs) Here here it is. Jacob was a changed man after the encounter. He was blessed and his mind was at ease now of course he was limping because of the injury sustained um, but he his mind he, he was not afraid anymore, but he still facilitated the best possible attitude for forgiveness and reconciliation. I think there's an object lesson there be protected by God, but it still does not exclude uh, an effort to make right for as much as she can on the wrong that might have been, uh, you know, uh, might have been perpetrated. And this is what what he is doing here. Yeah.
0: So Esau, the Bible says, runs up to him, embraces him, um, yeah. kisses him, and they weep together. This is a yeah. very big change of heart for Esau. He is a changed man as well.
2: Yes. So it's amazing what a visitation of an angel can do, isn't it? Esau had a completely different attitude than he intended to express. Very, very different. But both both, both men, uh, Jacob was a different man too. Mm.
0: You know, there's a really powerful lesson that comes through to me here, that Something that I'm sort of seeing is that, you know, so so often we hear this, you know, this comment made, oh, you know, this person makes me so angry, you know, particularly in domestic expu- disputes, those kinds yeah. of issues. And we don't take responsibility for our own emotions. The thing that stands out to me here yeah. is that, yes, Esau was very angry, but when he chose not to be angry, mm-hmm. love replaced anger. And being angry, nobody can make you angry. There's no such thing as a person that can make you angry. Being angry is a choice, and when you choose not to be angry, it makes room yeah. for love to take over, and that's really powerful. I
2: think so. I think that that is true. It's amazing what it has done to those two, uh, you know, the, the, those two men, Jacob and Esau. It's interesting, though, also, Lyle, that they reconciled, because we find later on in the 35th chapter, they they their father Isaac. But It's interesting that the animosity was continued, perpetuated through the descendants, particularly of Ezo, which, of course, were the Edomites and the Amalekites.
0: Yes, and they become a a thorn in in Israel's side. You know when they, after they, of course, uh, both of those nations oppose them when they come out of Egypt. Yeah. You know, four hundred years later, and then you know you've got you've got almost continual warfare. It seems like between the yeah. Israelites and the the Edomites and the uh, Amalekites all the way through until well, with the Amalekites until Saul wipes them out.
2: Yeah, he wipes them out to the one. Yeah, Correct. which is
0: which is such a tragedy because when you think about all of these all of these ancient nations that surround, you know, Israel, they're all related Mm. to each other. That's correct, too. You've got descendants descendants of Lot, you've got descendants of Esau, uh, you've got descendants of Ishmael, and, you know, apart from the Philistines, obviously the Philistines were from somewhere, you know, a totally different family. Uh, Yeah. But the rest of them, they're they're all related to each other. They would have spoken a similar language, um, obviously, you know a little bit different because separated by quite a number of years, but they're relatives
2: yeah, they're related it, it, It's really a fascinating thought that even Jews and Arabs are basically related.
0: Yes, okay, so we've got this situation here when uh, you know obviously they they greet and then uh, you know he they, they all of the women and children come to uh, to meet meet and greet Esau as well. That would have been quite a yeah. a, a sight to see because Jacob did not have a small family.
2: Oh, he did have a big family. I, I, it's interesting when you still look at the order that that uh, that he has placed them. So the, the the two mates they go first. Leah goes first, uh, and uh, and then the, oh, sorry of the sisters Leah goes first, and Rachel comes later. He seems to be still more protective of Rachel than rather than Leah, even though he's not fearing any reprisal from Rachel. It's just I thought it was interesting to see the order of introduction. But there it is. And, uh, of course, then we have Esau saying what uh, all the companies, all the, the presents that he uh, did not get a response to, that he sent forward to Esau. Uh Quite interesting as well. Then I love the way that uh, uh, he still continues to facilitate the makeup of the wrong done to Esau at the time. And uh, and then Esau said, well, I have enough. I I like that. Greed was prevailing before. Um, Esau wanted to protect his inheritance. And Jacob was very prone to possessions as well. Uh, It's amazing what a difference an angel can make. Uh, And here it is.
0: And this is and this is once again a great lesson for domestic disputes that we see in our world right now, you know. Because whenever you've got a domestic dispute, self is at the heart of it, at the at the center of it. Every single domestic dispute has self at the heart of it, and you've got this example here where you know once they once they deal with the self issue, and that's out of the way, you've really got. You've really got love reigning in this story. The, Esau is satisfied; his greed is gone. His, you know, this dispute, yeah. this, this anger that has festered there for the last twenty or so years is all over, um, mm. and, and it's been replaced by love. And this is something that you know we can experience in our lives today.
2: Yeah, I always like the expression "practice the presence of Christ." Uh, it makes you think twice before you say what you wanted to say.
0: And yes, yes. Okay, so Esau, Esau is uh, you know Jacob has given Esau a lot of you know some very very large and expensive presents, and the message here I would assume that he's trying to convey is: look, I haven't come down here to you know I, I left I left my homeland. Everything that my father that was my father's belongs to you. I haven't come down here to take stuff off of Correct. you. In fact, I'm here to give you more stuff. And you know both of these guys have become very wealthy by this point.
2: Yeah, and there is another element as well, Lyle. That's very important. So you have uh, Jacob puts himself as the inferior, so he he makes the gift to the superior, Esau, my lord. He calls him my lord. Esau calls him my brother. But, and then it is essential, if you look at the, if you look at the cultural aspect, it is essential that Esau accepts the, the gifts because in so doing he assures this you know the subservient one he assures uh, jacob that there is no reprisal there is no hard feelings that he is completely uh, in order in his relationship with him and that's a very great assurance it's, it's very much a cultural aspect
0: the Bible says that when they they separated, Esau goes to Mount Seir. Whereabouts is Mount Seir?
2: Yeah, that's in the south southeast. That is obviously uh, uh, the location where he dwelt. He uh, dispossessed the Horites and uh, took that land. Uh, so it's very much on, on the south side, uh, actually, on the eastern side of the Negev.
0: So, if we were to look at it on a map, would this be somewhere in Jordan? Maybe. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess my, uh, my romantic kind of views, like, well, maybe he went to uh, Petra and you know lived there. Yeah,
2: yeah, Petra. That's, uh, that's basically part of the location. That's right. That's where Edomite settled.
0: So a very, very yeah. mountainous part of the world, um, and quite, quite striking place to actually go and visit. The Bible says Here's that. It is. Yeah, the, the Bible says that uh, that Jacob goes to Succoth and he builds a house. That's a little bit different to what yeah, these guys had done in the past.
2: Yeah, you can't help noticing that. But that's what it says. Um, whereas that a house would indicate a an ownership. Uh, Abram, uh, Isaac, and by and large Jacob, they they didn't live in houses. They lived in dwelling places, tents, because they don't didn't own the land other than sites that were bought, uh, you know, the caves of Machpelah by uh, Abraham, and uh, here uh, Jacob also makes a purchase, but the, the reality is they are, it's not their home, because the iniquity of the Emirates have not been fulfilled yet, so they can't claim ownership, uh, that comes a few generations later.
0: And he even though he builds a house it, it seems that he doesn't stop his uh, nomadic lifestyle altogether but you know once again no. you find him building a house a few verses down you find him buying land uh, this is something yeah. that Isaac and Abraham hadn't done uh, yeah so this could signify you know a change in in culture both within you know the Israelites but also within the community as well maybe this was you know the country was developing and and this was becoming more a thing that was being done.
2: <laughs> yeah they were trying to uh, obviously prevent any confrontation with any of the other tribes and uh, they went to the, uh, the, the district there which is quite fascinating that uh, they go to Shetham which is named after the uh, uh, well one of the owners there the uh, that uh, actually um, he connects himself with up to a point they dwell in their pro- each other's proximity and ultimately, there is also the location, of course, uh, of the well that was dug by Jacob, the land that he purchased, and which we find fascinatingly referred to in the Gospel of John, Chapter 4. If you remember, 1,700 years later, um, God in humanity uh, uh, attends to uh, a woman there at the well, and that, that is that very location where he uh, settles.
0: And there's, for there's, time there's, being. yeah, there's still a well in that area that's called Jacobs Well, whether yeah, it's the, yeah. the actual one or not, I guess we don't know, but well, we, we do know that it dates back to the era.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it. You couldn't be sure, but it's interesting that uh, yeah, seventeen hundred years later, uh, we have the account of as uh, given to us by uh, the post, the, uh, the the author of the Gospel of John. Yeah, it's very interesting
0: of course, of course, there's still the
2: re- reunification of. Um, of of Jacob with his father and that comes obviously a bit later because he lives in Hebron
0: yes and of course he builds an altar there as well
2: yeah yeah that was very traditional yeah
0: to have the altar that was that was
2: you know that was their habit acknowledging the provisions and protections of God and the the gratitude to, to that expressed by making the sacrifice
0: Baron, thank you so much for joining us and taking us through Genesis chapter 33. We are certainly looking forward to our next installment next month. Uh, We always enjoy what you have to share with us. Thanks
2: for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at
0: 1-800-FAITH-FM.